This is a CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. Okay, hello everyone. Uh, today with us on our uh, on the grapevine is uh, Professor William Blaney. Bill, how are you? Very well, thanks, Pete. Now you grew up in Sydney, I believe. What, I did. What was it like growing up in Sydney as a young? Um, it was a very exciting place because um, we we lived in the inner western suburbs of Sydney, so we're only about half an hour out of town, out of the heart of it all, and um, came from a big family, five brothers and sisters, so really nice street, old-fashioned federation home, big backyard, big paddock, lots of football and games and athletics and that sort of stuff, so yeah. So you're a sporty type? I was, yes, but as you can tell by these days, um, I've lost <laughs> lost the time to do a lot of that sort of stuff as the um, middle-aged spread continues, but anyway. And what were you like at school? How was your schooling? Um, my school report used to say, Bill is really good at the things he's interested in, <laughs> so, which was pretty true because um, I was... What were you interested in? Well, I was interested in cooking, you see, because I always wanted to be a chef and um, they didn't do cooking at the boys' school I went to. So I liked English and I liked um, history. I really liked ancient history. But maths and science I hated because we had dreadful teachers and I just didn't... They didn't do anything. I was bored, absolutely bored. So love sport, love HPE, that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, then I left high school, boys' school in grade 10 because I had a choice because I had to... Because it finished in grade 10 and I had a choice of going to the state school up the road for grade 11 or 12 or going to a, another Catholic school like three train stations away. So I went to the one up the road where they did music and performing arts and they did home economics, which is where I started being a cook. So it was great. So why did you love cooking? What was... When I was a kid, um, my sister had just got married and my sister was my idol. So she moved into a flat down the road and we'd go down and visit her every Sunday after church, being good Catholic boys, her younger brother and I were. And we'd go to her house on a Sunday morning while her husband was at shift work and she'd teach us how to cook. So we used to cook little sausage rolls and party pies and things like that and um, party, patty cakes. And, and I was really, I just loved it. I thought it was great fun. And plus she was my aunt. I love my sister. So whatever she did, she could do no wrong. So, yeah. So you wanted to be a chef? Yeah, I wanted to be a chef or cook or something like that. Yeah. And so I started home economics in grade 11 and I had the most amazing teacher who changed my life. Um, she just, I was the only boy in the class, as you always were in those days, but that was okay, me and 20 girls. And she inspired me to be a teacher. So she actually encouraged me to go for a teaching scholarship, which I got. And I ended up at Sydney Teachers College as the only male with 120 girls. And I was the first male home economics teacher in Australia. Really? Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. What was it like studying at, at college with all the, all the girls? Well, it was at Sydney Uni or Sydney Teachers College in those days. It was great because they were all good fun and... Um, they always had, we always had lunch with the industrial arts boys because that's how it always went. That was the matchmaking, you know. So it was always a bit strange, like, um, what do you do with Bill? And um, so the girls that didn't want to matchmake with the industrial arts boys, we hang around together. So that was okay. But we got on really well with the industrial arts guys as well. And if you fed them, they were happy. And so we always fed them because we always had leftover stuff from our cooking school stuff. And um, it was challenging at first because the lecturers weren't ready for me. They didn't, they never had a male in their class before. And they were mostly mature women who'd been around the traps for a long time, very experienced, but they didn't really know how to handle me. And I was a young man with lots of ambition and lots of things to do and was not ready to sit down and do as he was told. So, so you were a handful. I was a bit of a rebel, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So 
did you want to become a teacher? Did you become a teacher? What? Yeah, I did become a teacher. I became a home ec teacher and I, got, um, I graduated from Sydney Teachers College. I did a four years degree there. And I, they said, where do you want to go? When you apply for your teaching position, I said, I'll go anywhere in the state except the western suburbs of Sydney because I was a bit nervous about going out way out west, out to Mount Druitt, but that's exactly where they sent me. Oh, that's always the way. <laughs> but it was the best thing because I arrived there in a team full of um, young teachers and a very strong head of department who was really compassionate and understanding. She put me under a wing and she really looked after me. So it was the best thing for me because they gave me scope to get involved in other things because that was a time of change in New South Wales where they were doing all this stuff called PEP programs, participation equity programs for disadvantaged kids. So we ran breakfast programs for these kids because 90% of the school was housing commission, you know, low socioeconomic, um, all sorts of social issues there, which was it was a mount, out of western suburbs, Mount Druitt, um, North St Mary's Way. And, um, so, and then we did... Um, cooking programs for kids to get boys engaged in cookery because I was then, I had a role model, so it was was good. And I learned to sew and teach them how to sew buttons on and take up their trousers and stuff like that. So that life skill stuff became really important to some of those kids who then went on to become chefs, which was great, and tour the world, which was wonderful. So, yeah. Some of the great chefs are all male, so... They are. Why is that? It's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, we're getting a lot of female chefs coming through now, but in those days, there was this delineation between... Um, a male home economics teacher, which was obscure and totally rare compared to male chefs. And so by being a role, a role model in that classroom, it was good for those boys to see that you can do both, that home economics fed into being a cook because that's where you started out anyway, or being a chef. You had to learn somewhere and you always often learn in home economics classes because it was the stage one. So, Bill, what's the future for home ec in, in schools? Well, I think it still has a bright future because even though the senior syllabus has decided in their wisdom to remove home economics from senior years because the numbers were low, because we, home ec was struggling to find its identity, so they split it up into textile technology and then they went down the hospitality path because that was a way of getting kids involved in a more vet-focused employment outcome area. Um, the thing that we've lost out of home economics, if we go down that pathway, is the society and culture stuff. It's about the families and the housing and the social issues that home ec was really famous for, and I think that's a sad bit. But, you know, we are, we are the only provider of home economics teacher training in Queensland now, and we've been doing that for the last... We've been doing teaching the home economics teachers since the year 2000. So when QUT pulled out a few years ago, because cost for a whole variety of other reasons, we took up that market. So we've doubled our numbers in home economics. So there's still a market for home economics teachers out there. They're just changing the syllabus now, so it'll be food and nutrition will be a driver. They'll still do hospitality if they want to do that, as well as a vet pathway. And then they'll do technology, which will fit the textiles and the digital media stuff combined together. So I think even though the term home economics may disappear from the senior areas, it's certainly still in the junior areas. I think it still remains to be seen how that's going to evolve because what we're seeing overseas internationally is that the UK and, and, the, and the United States tried to go that way and then have come back to full circle and now home economics is booming in those areas again under that title. So I'm a bit concerned that we tip the baby out with the bathwater too soon, um, but I don't think the door's completely shut yet. I think there's still a great future for home, for home economists throughout Australia. And what makes a good home ec teacher? Well... Passion for a start. You've got to be passionate. You've got to want to love kids. You've got to work with kids. You've got to be interested in 
And I think this is the great thing about the tradies that go from trade to teaching is that they create a different role model for these particular kids in schools that, that need a particular role model because they don't fit in. They're not your high flyers English and science kids. They're not your physicists, but they're passionate about food. And of course, if you do home economics well, you embed mathematics, you embed science because the science of food and why things work and why they don't work is really important, but it's applied knowledge. That's the great thing about home economics is you apply the knowledge. Plus you get kids to think critically about the world around them, about their society they're living in, what about families and what makes up different types of families that we live in today's society and a whole generation of change that's occurred over the last 30 years and why people view the world the way they do through certain eyes. So I think they're really important concepts that we've still got to keep in home economics. And as long as they're still there, home economics will always be alive. So how did, uh, let's move on. How did you get into uh, teaching in Queensland? Um, I've been teaching out west in Sydney for the five years and I was really a bit tired and wanted a new challenge. Um, so I'd applied for a whole variety of different jobs. Um, so I decided that this job came up in the paper. I was away with mum and dad on holidays and this job came up for TAFE Queensland. Um, to be um, their version of home economics in Queensland. I've been to Brisbane a few times. I was escaping from a disastrous relationship, so I thought it was time to go and start your life again, you know, as you do. So um, I did. I applied for this job and I got it. I flew to Brisbane, got the interview, went through that, um, got the job, and I was supposed to start at TAFE Queensland in Brisbane at Southbank at the new college there. And then at the last minute, they sent me a telegram. I'll never forget it. And it's interesting because it's Easter Thursday. I got the telegram and Easter's coming up next week. And it was Easter Thursday saying, Dear Mr Blaney, you have been sent to Rockhampton College of TAFE. And I went, where the hell's Rockhampton? <laughs> I'm a city boy. I don't go to the country. <laughs> and so I showed it to my dad and I said, what am I going to do? And he says, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I need to go. And he, and he was sick. He'd had some heart problems and I was a bit concerned that I would be, I would end up having to look after mum for the rest of my life because I didn't know how much longer I had to go. Mm-hmm. Being a single male, I had brothers and sisters that were all married and that sort of stuff. So I didn't want to put myself in that situation. So he said, son, it's time to go. Right. So we went and they drove me. They came with me and they drove me all the way to Rockhampton and they stayed with me for six months and settled me in. Fantastic. And I'm still here 32 years later. Rocky's a bit like that, isn't it? It's a, it's I came for six months, Pete, and I'm still here. Well, I came for a year and I'm 27 years. So, so I, know, I know your story. Yeah. So you were here at the TAFE. What was, what was it like being, you know? TAFE was great because it was brand new. 1986 I arrived in July, 4th of July, in American Independence Day. Because I'll never forget that day. It's almost my anniversary in Rockhampton. So... Um, it was fascinating because it was a brand new building. Um, I'd been to the old college, which was the old Bolsover Street. We just had a look there because we were in transition. It was a brand new building, state-of-the-art technology. Everybody was new. There was teachers from all over the world because they'd recruited from the UK and Italy and places like that. And so everyone was really fresh and alive and young and ready to go. And it was a great, great environment to work in, really exciting. And we did some amazing stuff as teams together. And they taught me lots of new skills. And it was through them I did my trade recognition to become a chef. I finally got my, my chef quals through them. And I did my extra quals in food and beverage. And I got my waiters quals and that sort of stuff as well. So they really upskilled me in a whole range of other things, which was great for me. So Excellent. I was lucky. Now... How did you get involved with CQ Uni while, while you were at TAFE? What, I was um, running the trade 
training teacher program at TAFE for a while. I got involved in that because I was the only one on staff that had a bachelor's degree. Um, and the others had trade quals and two or three year quals, but they didn't have the bachelor's. So I got really involved um, in training teachers to become trade to teacher quals sort of thing, you know. And um, so I got involved in that and then one thing led to another and then suddenly I was working in the trade to teacher program that Bobby Harabell had set up um, for tradies to become teachers in high schools. And so I got part-time work with Bobby because Bobby worked with me at TAFE to start with many years ago as well. Right. She started out at TAFE too with okay. me in the same year in 1986. Um, so we were mates and then she moved across to uni and then she said, Blaney, I need you over here. I need you to do some work. And my area was assessment and I really enjoyed that sort of component. So I started working part-time for Bobby and um, gradually it just grew and grew and grew. And then eventually a job came up here and I applied for it and I got it. And... I've been here, what, 15 years now, I suppose? Yeah. And you've risen up the ranks here at CQUD. <laughs> you've done your PhD. Yep. You're now yep. the dean. Yep. Um, you know, um, it's, it's quite an incredible journey. It is. I mean, um, it's not an overnight success story, but um, it's, it's something that I'd never dreamed of. Um, I've always wanted to be a teacher. I always loved my teaching. Um, I suppose the only regret about this job is I don't get to teach at the moment, but... I'm teaching other things, I'm teaching staff things and I'm working with staff in a different ways, I suppose, to, to grow and I've, we've just, you know, we've just merged with TAFE now, so a lot of my TAFE colleagues have come across and suddenly I'm their boss. I used to be their mate, now I'm their boss, so that's been a bit of a change in culture. Um, but they've been really How good. How have you coped with that? That's been good because we've had a bit of a differentiation of like quite a number of years in between time, so they see me go through different ways and different levels and promotions and stuff like that and get my doctorate, and so they've seen me evolve, and so it's been working really well because I, I knew them and I knew they were great people. They had, some, they had a really good soul, and I, didn't, I knew that they came across a bit damaged, and I just felt I needed to work with them to try and repair them, and I think we tried to work really hard to get some of that team dynamics back again, and I think it's... It's, it's been difficult, but I think we're on the right track. What does a dean do? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that they're very, very busy. I know that much. Um, he just don't stop. I mean, it's, uh, I, I've got 125 staff now in my school. So um, everyone from professional staff, HEW2s, right through to professors. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic. You, you deal a lot of HR issues, I suppose. You, when you're working with people... People are complex individuals, no matter where they come from, no matter what their life and background is. There's always something that's going to happen in their lives which you have to respond to in the most appropriate manner. So you spend a lot of time dealing with HR. You spend a lot of time team building, a lot of time um, answering requests, um, doing lots of emails, um, managing uh, new policies and procedures that are coming your way trying to you know, increase your marketing capacity, increase international growth, student numbers, monitoring enrolments. It's a really, 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 really busy job. <laughs> so how do you relax when you, you get a chance to get away from all that? Um, I like to garden. Um, my partner, he likes to garden, which is really good. So we spend a fair bit of time in the garden on Saturday. That's my relax, relaxation. So mowing the lawn, moving pot plants, um, going for walks on the beach, that sort of stuff. Do you still cook? I still cook every night, yes. Um, so um, I ask him to do the prep and then I walk in the door and I start the cooking. So And that's that's just the way it works. Because that's my relaxation is cooking, 
with sometimes a glass of wine and um, just relaxing and watching the news and that's how I calm down from a big day, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And if you go out for a meal in Rocky, what sort of, um, are there any good, any good restaurants in town? There are some good restaurants in town. Well, Pacino's any of your ex-students well, out there? Well, the Pacino's, the two chefs that run Pacino's are our ex-graduates from TAFE. Um, we taught them in, back in their days and many of our students are out there cooking, which is great. Um, and Pacino's has always been a, it's been a standing tradition in, in central Queensland as one of the places to go. And it still maintains its reputation. Um, there's lots of new stuff coming out as well, little cafes, little places which I think are really great um, where you can, starting to find like the Hendrix places open up, it's like that boutique bar, craft beer, that sort of stuff. So Rocky's starting to change, it's starting to get a lot more cosmopolitan, you're getting a more cafe friendly society and I think that's, that's part of an impact of the university because universities change the culture of a city. You, you see that in Townsville, you'll see that in the major centres where there's universities, particularly in regional areas. When I first came to Rocky, it was, you know, it was a tough town for some people to live in. But it's changed, and I think the university has contributed greatly to that because it brings in people from all around the world and they expect a certain type of culture and food and coffee and wine and that sort of stuff. And, and I think also travel has helped a lot because we're only an hour out of Brisbane, so people travel a lot more than they did before using planes and a lot of overseas travel as well. So it's made, it's made Rocky a lot more cosmopolitan because of the result of, of those changes that I think the university has been driving without realising it's been driving it. What makes a uni great, do you think? The people. The people make a uni great. I work with some really great people that are passionate about what they do. I mean, we live in central Queensland. Yeah, there's a lot to be proud of, but there's also, it's not a big city. Um, there's a lot that we don't have, which we, we know we never will have, but it's, it's a matter of... I think the students that we work with, I've always been impressed by the students, even in the old days at TAFE. We used to take students every year at TAFE to... Um, we take the hospitality students on a bus tour to Cairns one year or Brisbane the next year just to show them there's a world outside of Rocky. And so many of those kids have never left central Queensland. So for them it changed their lives, that experience of realising that they can be capable of doing anything. They can be what they want to be, as we say in, the, in our motto. But I think that's the thing. We've got some... We've still got a lot of first-in family coming through our university, which is great to see. And I always do that hands up at the start of the year, like who's never been, who's first in family? And there's always still over 50% in each class. So it's quite amazing to see that we are slowly changing. It's a slow process, but we are making a difference. And I think it's the students because they're keen and they're interested and they never thought they could possibly be here, which is always a bit overwhelming for them. And I think we've got really passionate staff that try and give 110% to make sure these kids have a really positive experience at university. That's, that's great. What's, what's the future for you? What's a couple of years' time? You know, you're still Dean, hopefully. Well, you know, what hopefully, that would be nice. To, what do you want to achieve? I really want to make um, our vet side of things grow to what it used to be because I came from the glory days when vet was powerful. We had, we had it all. We really did a great job. And I really want to grow that back to where it should be because I think it's been a bit... Um, mistreated say over the last 10 years through funding arrangements and that sort of stuff and policies which have made it so convoluted so I really want to grow that side of things obviously I want to grow the education side of things our programs are up for accreditation this year so I want to make sure that we've got national accreditation ongoing which is where we're going through the next phases now so 
And I really want to make sure that our school is a vital, vibrant part of the university because we're so diverse. We've got professional communication, we've got digital media, we've got performing creative arts, you know. I want us to make, because we've got performing and creative arts up and down the coast, I want us to be the regional centre for creative and performing arts right up and down the Queensland coast. And I think we've got the potential to do that. We're one of the leaders in education, because we have always been, because of our distance and flexible delivery modes, as well as our face-to-face. So we're one of the leaders in Queensland in those delivery. We've got great staff, and we get great student outcomes. Our students get jobs before they even finish, because there's such a shortage of teachers in the regions. And by training in the regions, the kids are happy to stay in the regions, not as if you're in the city where they want us to go north and they say, I'm not going out of Brisbane. So it's, it works well for us and so growth obviously is important but staff satisfaction to me is the most important. Happy staff, happy life. <laughs> Final note, tell us something that we don't know about Bill Blaney. Oh dear, um, I think I've said most of everything, haven't I? Uh, what don't we know about Bill Blaney? Um, he used to be a singer. Ooh. I was groomed as the potential new Jamie Redfern. <laughs> Really? <laughs> but those of you that go back to the 70s and young talent time, yeah. When I was at, at Catholic Boys School, I was a boy soprano who um, ended up singing in lots of competition, won, won lots of medals, and at the same time I was a champion athlete as well. Not that you'd know it now, but um, I won a series of awards called Star of the Night and Athlete of the Year when I was between 12 and 16. So they were the glory days, Pete. But um, <laughs> lots of other glories have come along since. But, you know, it's just... It's just good to be alive, you know. I've got a great life, I've got a great partner, I live in a great part of the world, so what more could you ask for? Mm-hmm.